Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo with you on the final live show of the week for us. Uh, Brendan and Corey, of course, have one coming up for you on Friday as well. Uh, We're not sure if Ryan Herrera is going to be able to join us. We hope he is. So we got him on standby because we're not sure when the Cubs clubhouse is going to open up. Right now, we think the Cubs clubhouse is going to open up in the afternoon for Ryan to get his interviews, so he's waiting to do that. Uh, If he gets in there, gets some interviews, he's going to jump on live, tell us what's happening inside the Cubs clubhouse at Sloan Park. So we look forward to that. A lot of moving pieces today. Just bear with us. This is what we call winging it. Yeah. Uh, And also make sure you're subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. I was going through all of our videos and shorts and shows that are on there. And the best way to not miss anything is just be subscribed. Yeah. I mean, why, you know? why wouldn't you be? And when you're point. on there, five stars. Five stars. Uh, well, thumbs up. Thumbs up on YouTube. Five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. You know, leave us a nice review if it's on Apple, if you're on Spotify. What about sure five thumbs up? Is that, a, is that something somewhere? Uh, Should be. If you have five different YouTube accounts, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, a lot of good stuff. We uh, put up the video uh, of uh, Dan Plesak talking about Dan G. Swanson yeah. the other day. Loves him. Uh, yeah, loves him. Had me all fi- hyped and fired up for this season. So He had you all lathered up. Yeah, he definitely lied. When he said he was one of his favorite players in baseball right now, you were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, Ready we got to be that again. and then... Yeah, definitely ready to be heard again. If, if, if no one has realized that I'm definitely ready to be heard again, then you haven't been here that long. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of that. Like, we've taken clips from other shows, put them back up on YouTube in separate form. and Yeah. It's just, like, big moments from certain shows. Uh, so, just in case you missed them all and you don't have time to watch all the full shows or listen to all the full shows, we I, are putting out a lot of content, So and I understand that. I saw you on Instagram or Twitter today making an omelet. Oh, did you? And I got I got hungry. I saw I that too. Oh, uh, yesterday, <laughs> I think it omelet. was. Yeah, yeah, and you put the little um, sausage in, in it. On Instagram, I uh, <laughs> the last two days I've been doing uh, these uh, day in my life, and I I had to show the people this omelet I make. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. First of all, I didn't have Cody pegged as a guy who could make a good looking omelet. Mm. However, I've tried to make an omelet many times, and the flip for me is almost impossible. But you yeah. had to flip down. It was that crescent top and the square bottom. 
Yeah. It was it was a good looking omelet. Now, <laughs> I I couldn't make omelets, so I switched to scrambles. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I do the same thing you did. I, I take the spinach and the onions and all those things that you like. I'm usually a spinach, onion, and sometimes a little uh, uh, either sweet potato or uh, what's the other thing? Uh, squash. Mm. Butternut squash. And I'll put that in there, and then I'll grill up a little chicken also, and then I'll scramble my egg whites on the side and then scramble them all together because I, the folding part, See another thing, I have trouble with that. Another thing I like to do is you can take the egg whites – Put them in a bowl with all the stuff already like cooked, like I showed right, in that video. What, yeah, and then put them in the microwave, and it's a little bit more fluffier. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Shout right. out to V uh, Shred. It's like this uh, workout program I did. And they came out. They gave you ideas for, um, you know, healthier. How, how to do it? Yeah. Well, all I can say is, one of them. where else are you gonna get Cubs vibes and instructions on how to make an egg white omelet? <laughs> That that's what this podcast for. Michael Collada has been unblocked. He has been released. Welcome back into the public, and back into the podcast <laughs> again. Apologies for the accidental block yesterday. We did not. That was not meant to happen. Joey and had a little. Jo- of all people, it was Joey. I couldn't believe it. He's back for one day, and he's blocking our guy, the I Godfather, know, the Michael Collada. Yep. So on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Christopher Morrell. We're going to talk about Caleb Killian. I told you Ryan might have the latest coming from the clubhouse live during the show while it's happening. Yesterday during the podcast live, right here on YouTube, we had Max Bain jumping in. Yes. So literally anything could happen. Um, And we're also going to talk about our friend Michael Cerami tweeted something a couple days ago. I don't usually feel the need to respond to Twitter things. That's smart. Because I can't do that. You can't help yourself. I can't help myself. I, I almost never have a need to respond I, to something. But he put out just a, a hypothetical, mm-hmm. and I wanted to respond to it. So I did. And we're going to play that same game here mm-hmm. uh, and somewhere on the podcast. Also related to like my inability to not reply to things, I have done better at ignoring... Um, the bad vibe tweets. The negativity. I've done. I've done a good. I think. I feel like for the most part, I've done a pretty good job com- comparatively to the past. Right. So that was like one of my goals for 2023 was to stop replying to to idiots on the internet. There you go. You know. So if I reply to you, I don't think you're an idiot. You know who's probably <laughs> doing that today? Tim Anderson. Ooh. Oh boy. Ooh. One Chuck Garfine interview, and he's Ooh. opened a whole can of worms. Anytime you say the fans weren't pulling on the same uh, string and, and there's any sort of like, do I think it's blown out of proportion? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, even Chuck Garfine said it was blown out of just proportion. Do not, proportion. Just do not mention the fans having anything negative attached to it. Just not a good idea. Uh, you want to talk about vibes? There, are n- there aren't a lot of good vibes. Well, they're vibes. They're not good ones. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, yeah. aren't, there aren't good vibes at yeah, White nightmare Sox. Nightmare vibes uh, over spring there. Spring training, there weren't good vibes in White Sox offseason. Like... <laughs> That's that one. Uh, I th- I feel like it, as a city right now, you have to feel a lot better. If you're a Cubs fan, you have to feel a lot better than you than the White Sox. I mean, I I know the White Sox have. I still think they have higher expectations because I think their team is all about staying healthy. But you know, who knows? I I, I feel I'm feeling pretty good about our squad in terms of just at least the vibes, and we'll see if the performance comes with it. Uh, Garrett's asking in the chat if we're doing who you got for a Cactus League game on Saturday. <laughs> I don't, you know, 
We did, uh, we? Su- <laughs> we did suggest the possibility mm-hmm. of trying to iron out our who you got problems in the spring. I just don't know if I feel up to it this weekend. Mm. That seems awfully early. Yeah. Seems you awfully gotta, early. We got to get prepped for who you got, especially with how Stucky is in his ways when it comes to it. It's well, now, wait a minute. Technically, I'm supposed to be the commissioner. That's what I was asked we, to be. You are? No, no, no. It wasn't asked. You just kind of decided it because you, you lost or whatever last, no, last year for the, because of the lose. Esteban Kuros game where you, where you demanded like five points when that was never agreed to Five points. I earned three points. The people three, spoke. <laughs> the people spoke. Uh, whatever. That's, that's, the problem with, <laughs> that's the problem with Cactus League game who you got coming up. Yeah. Is you don't even have names. You'll have to be like, I'll take number ninety-eight. <laughs> you know, because we the have, game starts going, they don't even you don't even know who's playing. We half have the to time. we have to prep ourselves for opening day because who you got on opening day is going to be something on the CHO Cubs pregame. You're not going to want to miss it. And uh, it's, you know, we we've prepped all off season, and we have to continue to prep. Do you see this shot from across the pond? Sounds like Stucky Ra- Rachel is scared. Rachel from England saying, sounds like Stucky is scared. Big eyes, big eyes. That's a, that's a shot from across the pond. Mm. Again, once I again, though, it just shows how we're the most international show in all city. We are the most international show. Uh, all city sports. All city. We're worldwide, baby. Sorry, PHNX. Sorry, DMVR. Most, most international. Other teams, other people travel around the world, but we are international. International. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's let's get started. First, we talked about the so- you know, I just mentioned the bad vibes on the south side. How about the good vibes on the Cubs side? Today, yeah. you want to talk about a vibe. Dexter Fowler rolls out at Sloan Park, mm-hmm. and he sees his good buddy, David Ross. I wish we could put this in some sort of slow-mo, like Titanic. Yeah. You're like coming together. That, that They hug it out. Two former teammates, obviously, mm-hmm. Ross and Fowler. And we know that Dex is going to be doing some work for Marquis this season. Mm-hmm. We just don't know how much. Right. But when they made that announcement, one of the things we said about him was, A, in 2016, him coming back was like that springboard. That was, that was the vibe to the start of the season. That was mm-hmm. the positivity that was going. So maybe David Ross noticed that and thought, you know what, one way to get this team going a little visit from my buddy Dexter Fowler. Yeah. I mean Look at that embrace if you're watching on YouTube. There's only there's only a handful of people in everyone's life that they will go up and hug like this. Right? Right. The, I <laughs> I don't know how many people have hugged me like that that haven't been family members, okay? Okay. Yeah. I feel like Michael that, Barrett's the only athlete I can think of that has ever hugged me like that, and that's because I got him I, free Cracker Barrel for life. If I had to name one person that I've hugged like that recently, it's Big Dave. <laughs> well, Big Dave <laughs> will hug everybody like that. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> he likes to bring it in for a bear yeah, hug. Yeah, yeah. Um, those that, are That's like your closest friends or family type hug, man. Well, I that was lie. almost a Sopranos hug, right? That was mm. the, the heavy pat on the back, the boom, yeah. boom, boom. But that the bringing in of do? the you know the hand with like the you know the yeah. whatever you want to call that and then the embrace like that's a different type of hug. I've never hugged you like that. No, Zach. no. Well, I don't let people get close. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, and then he was. Mm-hmm. There were uh, pictures. I think Ryan tweeted out one. 
he's on the field. He's talking to different guys. He's talking to different players. I saw Cody Bellinger was talking to him mm-hmm. at one point, which is cool to see because they're center field. You can tell him he's played center field at Wrigley Field before, but just advice about the organization, about yeah. what to expect, uh, how cold it's going to be, all of that stuff. Um, I like the idea of former players being in camp. I, I've always thought that was a nice thing to have, yeah. whether it's Ryan Sandberg and Rick Sutcliffe and those guys uh, being at camp, helping out early on. Cliff Floyd, obviously he's with Marquis too. Yeah, So, but I mean, uh, guys that just played – Certainly, you can learn something from a Hall of Famer when he when he comes <laughs> into camp, but guys that were just there, I think there's, I think the players appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the yeah. fans do, but I think the players do appreciate hearing from a guy that was just there and they were, and they most for young guys like this, they watched. Yeah, you know, I, I think this one's a little bit different considering uh, we're it's it's someone from 2016, right. Uh, I think for at least a lot of the younger generation, and me, that's something me and Corey have always pointed out is how the Cubs are all about like highlighting all the Hall of Famers and stuff like that, which right. is great. But bring back Derek Lee or Aramis Ramirez a little bit more, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But in this instance, you know, this is from the the team that won it all, the team that broke the curse, and to see Fowler at camp is always, I think, it's I, moving forward. I don't think it's ever going to get old. It's awesome to see that he's there and. I know it's mainly because of Marquee, but just uh, to see him there is exciting. So, yeah, I mean, with you. The, the only thing they missed on that quick video of the hug was the hashtag vibe, vibe with, with us, us because that's exactly what that was. And when we talk about it, that's what we mean right there. Um, all right, Christopher Morell. So we have Ryan Herrera got some sound yesterday with Morell through a translator, but also with David Ross talking about Christopher Morell. And, you know, Every single day on this podcast, we have somebody that bounces up as an X Factor, whether it's Cody Bellinger <laughs> or Brendan Davis or Seiya Suzuki having a breakout season or could Jamison Tyone be that guy. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Christopher Morell is one of those guys. So this, first of all, is what David Ross had to say yesterday about Christopher Morrell, and we'll we'll try to read between the lines if that's um, fair to do. Okay. Morrell was a guy last year who bounced around the field a lot. Um, what does the future sort of look like for him um, with additions of veterans like Bellinger and Dansby and everybody else? Yeah, there's just definitely more set positions now, and I think uh, Christopher's got a bright future ahead of him. We'll see where you know this spring training takes him. We've got some more established players. Um, I think he can bounce around the outfield for us. Be a fourth outfielder. Could be a uh, you know utility player. He can play pretty much any infield position. Probably besides first, we haven't put him at. Um, but there's also still a lot of growth potential there for him. So we'll see how everything shakes out for spring and health. But uh, I think Christopher put himself on the map last year with um, you know some really good. Um, Swings, you know, a couple months there, he was he was swinging the bat really well and had some adversity in there too. So he's still, in, for me, a very much uh, bright future ahead. So Gary comments on it, basically saying Ross is saying he will start in Triple A. Now that is not what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't quite figure out if there's something there 
or if that's just manager speak for, yeah, we're excited about him. He's going to have a bright future, you know. Mm. Um, they bring in Rios as well. And we, I think we talked about that briefly on Monday. What does that mean for the picture at third base? I just – I asked Ryan if I was hearing just a snippet of it instead of the whole conversation. Am I missing something here? He didn't really mention, like, yeah, he's going to be in a battle for that for third base job. That never came out of David Ross's mouth. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Or does that mean we should pay attention to the words he did say and that he kept talking about him as utility player, he can play a lot in the outfield, he's got a bright future, he, he even mentioned the adversity that he faced. Do you think he's really going to get a shot to be the full-time third baseman, like that? An everyday third baseman, for the most part. Do you think Morello play more third base than anybody else on the roster this season? That's what I hope. I think the Cubs are a playoff team if he does and keeps the job because that means that he adjusted from last year. Yeah. Um, I think the decision on him going to Iowa or not will be based off his play in the spring. I, I mean – I don't think it's a good idea to send him to Iowa just because, like, he can play all over the field. But if he's have if he's still showing problems with striking out too much, I guess I'd understand. But I don't know. I don't I don't see I, – I would rather send Madrigal to, to Iowa than, than Morrell. If it came down to the two, I would agree with you. Yeah. And I, I would rather send – <clears throat> I, you know, and talk about guys at third base. I'd rather, I'd rather send, I'd even rather send McKinstry to Iowa than than Morrell. I would probably agree with you there too. Now, again, those guys could have huge springs too, right? And do the opposite to Christopher Morrell, just based on what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the upside for Christopher Morrell, a guy that I had no. I personally did not have on my radar going into last season. I know Again, the it, prospect guys at least knew his name, mm. but it wasn't like he was a number one or number two prospect in the system. He wasn't a top 100 prospect. He wasn't a top 150 prospect. Um, but he came up and did a a really nice job last year. Yeah. Um, Brendan, our friend, pitch doctor, he uh, sent a tweet earlier today, quote tweeted, a guy who writes for MLB.com wrote a story about Christopher Morrell, and he puts a quote in his tweet saying, from Morrell saying, I focused on understanding home plate. I'm going to try and be as consistent as possible, working to, to command the plate when I'm at bat. And that's based off his how he prioritized his plate discipline before he got called up with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And you saw at the beginning of his Cubs tenure about how he was able to lay off bad pitches. And you saw how the league adjusted, and he became more prone to strikeouts. And you saw in the minors, if you look at his numbers, there were, there were points, of, points of his career in the minors where, yeah, he struck out a lot, but then he found a way to adjust and cut down on them while also being a productive player. So, again, I do think that it starts with how he plays in the spring. A little bit. Maybe not necessarily all the way, but... If he's struggling and in, 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 in a way that doesn't look like he's adjusted, then, yeah, I, I would support sending him to Iowa. But I'm not sending him to Iowa just because you can send him to Iowa. 
the having the option to send them to Iowa is good because you're not going to have you won't have to DFA him right for sure. But like Gary is saying, like Gary points out that McKinstry doesn't have options. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think you want to make that decision just based on are you afraid to lose McKinstry? Right. If Morrell is ready, right. I didn't realize that McKinstry was McKinstry is out of options. I'm just I was just stating that I would rather lose McKinstry than move Morrell down. I, I, to, I, no, no, no. Down I'd rather a. I'll say this. I'd rather mm-hmm. lose McKinstry altogether, which is what would happen mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. I'd rather lose McKinstry altogether if Morrell shows me mm-hmm. that he can play, even if it's right. just all even if it's just the um, Ben Zobrist, if you will, utility role all over mm-hmm. the field. If he's getting enough playing time and he's like you said fixed the issues that he had when he faced adversity last year, if he's been able to fix that in the offseason and he performs well at spring training, I'd rather give him the option I'd rather give him the opportunity to prove that he can do it early in the season and lose McKinstry than I would to just say, well, you had a great spring. It looks like you solved everything, but instead of giving you that opportunity, we're going to send you to Iowa and let you prove it there for a while. I agree with you. The only reason I want him in Iowa is if he's not playing well in the spring or you don't think he's going to be able to do it mm-hmm. and you clearly believe that he needs consistent playing time to work on playing time against equal level players Yeah, to prove, I, and prove what he can do. I do think that Wisdom will probably be the opening day third baseman. But again, that doesn't mean that I think that they should send Morrell down. I, I think that they can split time. And again, with his ability to play all over the field, then, you know, like. If he plays four days a week in different roles, that's probably enough at bats for me to see what he's doing. I don't, I'm not saying I need to see him play in six games a week. Yeah. I'd like to see him start and, and get multiple at-bats in two or three games a week if he's going to be out. I just don't know, like, a lot of – some people in the chat are saying, you know, he needs more seasoning. Well, it's like, okay, well, he had plenty of at-bats at, with the Cubs last year. What are the at-bats in Iowa going to do? Unless unless his confidence is shot and he has not shown that his confidence is shot. Again, like, it makes more sense for Madrigal because he he's just not as versatile as Morrell. For him to go down. So, you know, again, I, I'm i not I'm not even saying that I'm against sending Morrell down to start the year. I just don't necessarily understand it from a pure baseball perspective. Because when you have a guy of his talent that has the power, that has the ability to play mm-hmm. all over the field, it's not like the Cubs are growing those guys on trees. <laughs> no, you know they're what not. I mean, like – and I understand they have guys that positions that will play every day. Like, obviously, Horner and Swanson are going to play second and short. Bellinger is going to play a lot of center field. He's going to be the first in center field every single day. Uh, and then Happ and Suzuki are in, in right and left every single day. And then after that, it's kind of like a toss-up, like, based off matchups, you know, is this catcher good with this pitcher, whatever. And obviously, Morrell doesn't – the only position Morrell plays out of the rest of those positions is third base. So, yeah, you're more likely going to see him there. It would be different if the Cubs just had, like, an everyday lockdown third baseman, and they just don't. Like, I think Wisdom can be a very valuable player if he's not playing every day, but still getting consistent at-bats somehow, some way, based off matchups. Um, and it, it kind of goes the same way for me when it comes to Morrell as well. So, But, I, again, though, I'm not against sending him down. It's more of just, like, I don't understand why you would whenever it's not like his confidence is shot. It's not like I was going to really do him any better. I, I, 
it would be different if he had made his debut and struggled the entire time. Yeah, he struggled at the end of last year, but you telling me that he didn't do anything in the offseason to get better? I mean, we've already heard quotes saying that he that he's been working on this and this and that. I think he I think he's earned the opportunity to to see if that worked or not. That's that's the key. If, if he if he can get enough at bats, then I want him on the at the major league level. If it indeed is Rios and Wisdom in some sort of platoon at third base, then those at bats might be hard to find mm-hmm. because, like you said, he's he's not going to be. They're, they're not going to take Hap or Bellinger or Saya out of the outfield early in the season that much. There just aren't going to be that many opportunities. I'm not saying those guys won't get a little mm-hmm. break now and then, but just I don't think there'd be enough at-bats for him to stay up. Now, at the same time, I watched MLB Network, and former Cub Carlos Pena was asked, along, with, yeah, along with Ron Darling, and of course, Pena does some work at Marquee too, mm-hmm. which Cubs player can make the big leap this year or will make the big leap this year. And Darling, Darling's response was Nico Horner. He said he's already made the leap. He thinks he's going to take an even bigger one. Okay, well, we all agree with that. We, we, we saw Nico take that jump. But Pena quickly gave the answer of Christopher Morrell. Now, there aren't – if it was just a national guy saying Christopher Morrell – without investigating the roster and looking at it, I would say uh, it's a national guy who's just throwing out a name that he sees played a little last year and might make the roster this year. But Carlos Pena saw a lot of Cubs games last year, did pre- and post-game for a lot of Cubs games last year, and he saw even some of the struggles. Mm -hmm. But he believes, his eye as a former player, he believes that he can make a huge leap and become – a legitimate everyday player. Yeah. The question is, will it be at third base? Right. You yep. know, is he gonna is he gonna play well enough this <clears throat> spring for the Cubs to say, you know what, we gotta shove wisdom and Rios aside. We gotta put him at third base. Cause I sort of think that might be the only way he gets enough at bats to stay at the major league level. Yeah. And then when does and, and if it doesn't happen this season, what does he have to do at Iowa other than go down there and rake to be like to get to that point where they say, "Well, Rios and Wisdom, the platoon's working well, but look what Morell's doing. We got to get him up here." Right. Some people in the chat they're they're using Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber. They're using their you know their experience on on to why why couldn't that help Morell? I mean, with Ian Happ, he went down there, came back, and then you know it's not like he was like it's not like he was fixed. You know, he went down in 2018. The beginning of the year, and then honestly, we can all sit here and agree that he was down there for way too long. Came back up, uh, or no, it was 2019, whatever. Came back up, was great for a couple months. Then was the best hitter for the Cubs in 2020 for those 60 games. And then last year in the first half was awful. Then had a hot second half. Me and you considered or thought about (laughs) should he even be on the team going into last year. Right. And then he had an all-star season. So, I mean, that's just baseball in a lot of ways where – some guys take forever to, one, be consistent, two, like, you know, become – to hit the peak that they're supposed to be. I understand he's young. What, he's 23, going to be 24 this year? Um, I get that. But I'm, all, I'm also, like, not all players are the same. You know what I mean? Like, they're not. I don't – like, what, he's 23? I don't think it's going to necessarily take 
Christopher Morrell four or five years for him to hit the peak of his career. And I'm not saying that he's going to be an all-star like Ian Happ. I'm just saying that I think he brings up brings enough value for more than just a hitter for the Cubs to be able to use him. And that's why, to me, I, I don't necessarily think that he has to go down. And, and I don't really necessarily think that th- those are good at comparisons for Morrell as for Schwarber and as for Happ. Because the only reason Schwarber went down was because he really was bad. I mean, he hit like 200 for the first half in 2017 coming off the ACL injury. They sent him down. He comes back. And honestly, didn't get any better. And then lost weight and got better in 2018. <laughs> I mean, that that's what happened. Uh, so, I I don't know. I, and those guys, they're, they're a lot different, too. They were projected different players. They're both first-round picks. Morrell's a guy that you just didn't know about. Right. And so... Admittedly, I didn't have... I think our expectations for Morrell have to be a little limited at the same time, as excited as I am. But if he does take a step into this, uh, take a step from last year forward with the Cubs, I think that that, could, that does lead to more wins. So, yeah, I don't know about their situation at third because, yeah, adding Rios is cool. Like, they needed the power, and he's a left-handed bat. And then, obviously, Wisdom's got the power, too. And then McKinstry and... <laughs> Magical, like well, I I saw just, Gary say, and I don't so know how many. to take this. Uh, he said in the chat, trade Luke. I don't know if he's saying Luke, we should make a trade, or if he's saying we need to trade Luke. <laughs> are you saying trade me, or are we saying trade comma Luke? I believe he's saying they need they're going to need to make a trade. Well, they're probably going to have to give up on a couple guys. Yeah, for I sure. mean, most likely this spring they're going to decide on some of these guys, and guys are going to either be DFA'd or traded. Or yeah. it would make it a lot easier if they were able to make a trade. And on, I know a lot of I've read a lot of uh, articles or blogs, Bleacher Nation, for example, that have talked about teams that are interested in Zach McKinstry. And you know, I'd love for the Cubs to be able to find a way to keep McKinstry, just because I do think there's value there as a bench piece. But yeah. you can also find other guys just like him out there. You know, like, well, how much different is he and Nick Magical, other than the fact that he can play a little short and he can play a little third? You know what I mean? Like, they're they're and he's left-handed. That's really the only difference. Left-handed is probably the so key. I, like you don't you don't need Magical and McKinstry on the team together with Morrell. Like, you, they obviously need to either make a trade or cut some guys. And like, I would rather make a trade because I don't want them to cut McKinstry and then he goes to Boston or something like that and magically turns into the player that the Dodgers thought they had back in the day. You know what I mean? Like. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of questions there with that position in general. It just the, sucks. The chat's out of control. Now they're trading you. They're keeping me. Everybody's getting traded. No more negativity. Gary we, is always getting mad at me. We will not have the negativity. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never we will been not anything bring, but nice We will not him. bring White Sox negativity <laughs> into this podcast. We won't bring the bad vibes. The bad vibes are set aside for Michael Collada. Michael's the one that can remind us how things are going to be bad. He's oh, the yeah. one that he's the the Godfather grounds us. Colada's probably just the rest thinking, of us have to stick they, together. We're all on the same ship. Colada's like, well, if we would have just traded for Rafael Devers, then we wouldn't even be in this situation. I I can agree with him there. <laughs> People are still trying to. <laughs> I'm going to DNVR to cover Bryant. No, I'm not. Denver's a nice city, but D- yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, DNVR is a nice city, but and Chicago no, I'm not buying drinks. Everybody's correct on that. <laughs> Trading Cody significantly reduces the vibes. That's right. I appreciate you. That's I appreciate right. you. Shout out to, I can't say your name, Esso Medina. Eso? Eso. Shout Eso out to Medina. you. Medina. 
Uh, I'll tell you what brings the vibes back. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. Get fitted out with the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. You can get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leader in sports merchant collectibles, Foco. If you're looking for that perfect gift for your football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered. If you're looking for a hoodie for opening day in the cold breeze that'll be blowing off the lake, Foco's got you covered. If you want a new jersey going into the season, Foco's got you covered. Check out Foco.com. Click the link in your description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Very nice. Uh, all right, so, yeah, to recap, Chris Morrell, I, I don't know what his future is going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel good about it. David Ross feels I, good about it, but nobody seems to know really what he's going to be. I did not expect it to be me and you versus the chat today when it came to his topic. Though. I don't I don't think it was. I think everybody want, everybody thinks there needs to be a trade, yeah. and I don't think they necessarily want Morrell. I, I think we could all agree, though, that we have high hopes for him. And I maybe, do. I mean, if – if our high hopes are so high that we think that he needs more "quote unquote" seasoning in Iowa, then fine. Like if 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 that's the sole reason, fine. But I also just think that he hasn't done anything to earn a demotion at the same time either. No, and 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 also to be said, I I I love the excitement, the happiness, all those things. I think fans gravitate towards what he puts out there in the world, right? Like that. Yeah. We see enough negativity, so I like that. I like what I've seen of the player when he's playing well. That said, if you told me that a key piece was coming back in a trade and Morrell had to be included in that, I still think he has a bright future, but hopefully if you're making a trade and teams are asking about him, other teams probably think that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I wouldn't say, if you ask me, would you rather trade Masterboni or McKinstry or whoever, Yes, but depending on what the return is, there are very few players on any roster that I will ever say are untradeable, mm. right? If you're, if you're getting back some significant piece, you're going to have to include significant players going the other direction. So right now the Cubs have a lot of infielders. Yeah. A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, they, they, one might say that Jed Hoyer has a type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh so one other thing that's going around, multiple things are going around Cubs camp right now. One is, we talked about it yesterday, uh, the sweeping slider thing, right? <laughs> Jamison Tyone has a sweeping slider. He's going to work on it. He talked about how if it doesn't, if he do, he's going to play around with it this spring. If it doesn't go as well as he thinks it's going to go, then he'll just bail on it. He'll go back to his old slider. Um Sahadev Sharma of The Athletic had a nice article talking about, in general, the sweeping slider and how it's become all the rage. Even Kyle Hendricks says he might, when he gets healthy, work on one. Um, You have Fulmer, who's now worked on one, Tyone, Cam Sanders, and how it's sort of the in thing that Breslow has brought into the Cubs. They start looking for guys. What can we add to what they – and it's one of the reasons Tyone came to the Cubs. Last year, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the sinker up in the zone. 
I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. And uh-huh. so, so is it possible that the sweeping slider last year they thought the place they could attack, specifically Kyle Hendricks and some of these guys, was to go up in the zone with the sinker. The problem was if it starts a little too low, the sinker hits the middle of the plate and it ends up, you know, out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Sahadev's article points out that sometimes these are fads and everybody does it, but once everybody does it, then the players start to see it more and the players start to know that it's coming and then it's not an effective pitch. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what Plezak said. Everybody wanted to throw the split finger fastball back in the 80s. The thing that derailed that for a lot of people was elbow injuries started, yeah. started happening. Um, your gut feeling, do you think this sweeping slider that the Cubs are have clearly identified as something they're getting guys to work on at all levels, Yeah. Uh, do you think it will actually help the Cubs significantly when it comes time to being the next great Cubs team? Uh, perhaps. I mean, or is remember, it just a fad? Well, remember that Keegan Thompson added the slider last year. I don't know. It's not maybe I don't know if, I mean what's the difference between a slider to a sweeping slider? I don't know. Well, the sweeping slider, from the way I understand people describe it, is is a horizontal movement across the zone. Okay. The slider is more of an arced thing, but this is almost like it just goes right to left or left to right. Okay. Uh, it just in, looks different. It's a different look at a slider. It's still yeah, breaking ball. Kind of related to what I was talking about yesterday with Tyone. I mean, the fact that they're a lot of guys are wanting to come here to to work on those types of things. Says speaks volumes about the organization and the reputation that they have, you know, kind of gained. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I have nothing against it. I mean, again, this was once an organization that didn't know how to develop pitching. So now that we're sitting here talking about, oh, is the sweeping slider something that's going to help the next great Cubs team? I mean, perhaps you said the key word develop. That's what they're trying to do, help these yeah. guys develop into the best version of a pitcher that they can be. Yeah. And so if they see a guy that has a fastball and a slider might play off that or a changeup and a slider might play, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know what they're identifying specifically in a pitcher, and they don't go into great detail about it because they don't want every other team doing it if they don't have. They can tell us, yes, we have guys working on a sweeping slider, but they don't have to say, this is the grip we're showing them, and this is why we think that specific pitcher, as opposed to this specific pitcher, should be trying that. Right. So I don't know. I just want it to help the guys this season. And if hitters catch on to it at the end of the <clears throat> season, fine. Then teach them something else to work on in the next off season. But it always becomes something that they can have in their arsenal that they can rely on at some point. Dan Plezak says... Don't add too many pitches. Sometimes all you need is two really, really good ones. Yeah. True, but if a guy in the system doesn't have two really, really good pitches, then I'd rather have him have three or four average to plus pitches. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, sometimes that's what it takes to hang around in the big leagues. Caleb Killian is the interesting one because we had so many positive thoughts about Caleb Killian after the trade. Yeah. To bring him into town. And we sat here on this podcast and we begged for Caleb Killian to play, partly because of the way the season was going. We wanted that breath of fresh air. Show us, show us one of the young guys. 
We can't see Brandon Davis? Okay, bring us Caleb Killian. And he got here and he struggled a little bit. Now he's gone down. Ryan talked to him yesterday, and the thought is that the stride was off. That was part of the – because he went back down to the minors and struggled with the same control problems, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think it could be something that simple? Are you getting your hopes up for Caleb Killian? I'm not getting my hopes up for I'm not going to call Killian. him an X-factor, but it could be an X-factor for him. I'll, I'm not getting my hopes up for Caleb Killian and from the standpoint of him being completely fixed. I think it's going to take actual in-game success for him for him to prove it to me at least. But it, you know, when it comes to like his mechanics and stuff, if he's getting that right, then it's a step in the right direction and we'll see. But I, right. I was never like out on him. It was more about like, okay, how does this guy have the reputation of having great command and then suddenly is unable to throw strikes? There has to be some sort of mechanical thing here, and you got like go put him in the lab and dissect it, whatever. <laughs> and I, you know, I know last year I complained a lot, especially at the end of the year when wins and losses didn't matter about why why is Killian still in Iowa? Why is Killian still in Iowa uh, after they had you know sent him back the second time? Uh, but I guess in a way, like, it was good because you didn't want his confidence to be completely shot. Um, but uh, that said, you know, I'm, I am uh, – he is someone that is coming under the radar. I mean, last year we were all like, oh, I can't wait for Killian. Right. And now people are talking about Killian the way we're talking about – or the, we're talking about Wesneski the way we were talking about Killian last year. Yes. And so – I do. I still have hope because one, he's part of a major trade, and I was at his major league debut. That was fun to watch. There's something there. The guy has the stuff. If he can throw strikes, he can be a starter at the major league level. I don't know what his role will be because the Cubs have so many starters. So I assume that if he does get a chance, it would be out of the bullpen. But yeah, I'm not saying that I, I've never really been fully out on him, but but I again I do hope that the mechanics were just the issue, and that if he and and that that's all that it is, and if he's throwing strikes, then you're going to get something good out of him. Uh, Ryan has a nice article for everyone at allchgo.com about killing the stride thing. Good stuff. This one in particular, you do have to be a diehard, so do, make yes. sure you go sign up to be a diehard. Then you'll have access to all of the stuff Ryan and Jared and everybody There's writes. Quotes from the Killian season. in it. Yeah, and, it gives you access yeah. to all all the beat writers from all of our teams for Chicago sports. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it gives you the discount on the dope merch and all the activities we go to. You get the diehard card. Uh, when we have takeovers, you'll have discounts there. Um, <laughs> Barbara says that. Killian looked good in the first inning of the 19-6 loss to the Padres. <laughs> Remember the post game after that? Was yes. that that's the the, yes. the the famous Cody rant. If you know, you know. <laughs> he is ready to be hurt again this season. He is ready to be hurt again this season. Oh, that was um, the worst loss of the year I just, last year. <laughs> I just don't think it's right. Again, read the article. Might give you a little more hope about Killian going to this season. I just think it's a little early to give up on a guy. He had, yeah. You got to remember that there are plenty of guys who have made major league debuts and then been demoted and then gone come back and have gone on to be good. So like, back to Morrell, like I get why some people want to send him back to Iowa 
and let him see get seasoning or whatever, and hopefully that helps propel him to the next level, right? I get that. And and if and if that is the case, then fine, I'll be okay with it. Now related to Killian, all right. Well, he's went back to Iowa, had good starts, had bad starts, was a lot of inconsistency. And he talks about that in that article. And now he's had a full off season to not only work on mechanics, work on his pitches. He's trying to develop a changeup, which is cool. Uh, there's there's some exciting things related to him. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't think we have to. I don't. I, I think anyone who gave up on him is just like it was almost like they were never in on him, and you know they just give up way too easy on some of these guys. Because as Theo Epstein says, development development isn't always linear. So you know, the the guy clearly has talent. I mean, his first start was against St. Louis last year, and we know how good that lineup right. was and what he did in those five innings. Uh, but uh, he gave up three runs, but he had like five or six strikeouts, I believe, off my memory. And you could you saw in that start, like, this is what he could be, and that is a very solid major league starter. Now, obviously, it was just one start, and you need to see more, and you, you can't, like, assume that he's going to be this or assume he's going to be this bad on the other end of the spectrum either. But this is, this is what developing for pitchers goes like sometimes. Like, not everyone is like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, and not everyone is going to give you – Well, they had struggles too. Yeah, they, well, yeah, especially as starters. Yes. And then they really grew last year. So, I think those – like, maybe maybe a lot of the other starters the Cubs have are great examples for why you should believe in Caleb Killian a little bit more at least. I just – At least give that leash a little bit longer. I just think if we take one thing from today's – podcast we're just we're just hanging out talking Cubs baseball it's just I want people to remember and I don't want to sound like a teacher <laughs> I'm just saying it in general the progress isn't it's like Theo used to say it's not linear mm-hmm. so just because a guy came up let's let's not forget about what Morel could be I, I'm I'm 100% on board with everybody that wants to say the same thing about Prospects are prospects until they prove it. And, and heck, I even say that Nico Horner is probably my favorite player on the Cubs team to watch. But does he have to do it again this year before I'm 100% in on knowing that he's going to be that guy? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to. Don't give up on prospects because they come up the first time and, and hit a snag. Christopher Morrell was there most of the season. And he hit some home runs, and he gave them some great moments. And he came up when a lot of people weren't expecting him to come up. Killian was kind of rushed up, too, because of what they needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Guys, Nico Horner was rushed to the big leagues, and a lot of people were down on Nico Horner when he first came out. Oh, that's a missed first-round pick. I know there is a tendency to do that because we've had our Kevin Ories. We, 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 I, <laughs> Felix I, P.A. Yes. Josh Vitters. I, I know Jackson. yeah, those guys have <laughs> existed, yeah. and it's nothing against them. It happens. Baseball's a lot of failure. It's mostly failure. Even the good guys fail a lot. So don't – I'm just saying don't give up on a guy that comes up briefly or even for a season and struggles. Ian Happ is the example you gave earlier. Yes, he turned it around. Kyle Schwarber, has he turned it around? Yeah. yeah. Kyle Schwarber has turned it around. So – Anthony Rizzo was sent down by the Padres when he was with the Padres. Came back, and he's turned into a good Major League Baseball player. Yep. So 
There are guys. Not everyone is Chris Bryant. There are just <laughs> going to be a lot of guys coming up yeah. over the next two or three years that they may come up and, and look horrible for a week and go back down, and you'll forget their name. And I'm just pointing out, don't necessarily forget their name. Yeah. Don't give up on them. Corey Patterson, Rhonda points out. It's another one. Yeah. Injuries Corey, really hurt. Corey him, Patterson though. was definitely hurt by injury. Felix PA was a just, bust. He's just a bust, yeah. Kevin Ory was a bust. Yeah. Pull Josh Bitters was a bust. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, we, we could do a bust episode just on the podcast, and <laughs> we might need uh, two or three follow-ups on that one. Yeah. All right, what are, you, what are you betting on your post-Super Bowl, mm-hmm. your pre-March Madness? Are you in on the Bulls? Are, are you going all in? Patrick Beverly uh, really does it for you, and now you're going to go? Well, we'll see. By the way, Io's going to be in the building a little Io's bit Io's going to be here at 530 for CHO mm-hmm. Bulls. Mm-hmm. Jealous. I might not be here. Um no matter what, where I'm betting tonight, it's definitely on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official betting partner of CHGO and All City. Uh, NBA is back tomorrow or tonight, whatever. No sweat, same game parlays. They're back on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's exciting stuff, which is, Luke, if you didn't know, all you got to do, you make a same game parlay on an NBA game. Doesn't even have to be the Bulls game. You can mm-hmm. be the Bulls game, Bulls game if you want. You make a same game parlay. Two wagers on the same game. $10. Put it, put it, put ten dollars on your same game parlay, and as long as you're opted in, if it loses, you get your ten dollars back. It's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Ooh, I'm uh, have no to try sweat. That. That's a no sweat. That's the thing. No sweat. It's a no beautiful sweat. thing. You don't want to. Never um, let him see a sweat. As far as me tonight, I'm all about points tonight, and I got some some late night. West Coast Conference action, baby. Pepperdine and Santa Clara over one sixty two and a half. Over the weekend, Gonzaga and Pepperdine played. The total for that game was 170 and a half. I took the under because that's just like an insane amount of points for a college basketball game, and it went over. Pepperdine scores and gives up a ton of points, and so does Santa Clara. I can't wait to not watch it but follow it on my phone and watch them score lots and lots of points. Lock it in, Santa Clara, Pepperdine, over 162 and a half. That's what I'm betting tonight. Dubs is going after Cactus League. He says, Cubs money line Saturday. Strowman projected to start. Samson to follow. Yeah. Anyway, I, that's that's a bold choice by my guy, Dubs, but, I, you know, I love degen- degen- degeneracy. Yeah. Um, download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details chgo bets daily after the show at like three o'clock ta- with sean anderson me and him talking uh what we're betting on tonight i gave you guys a free pick give you more free picks in a half like a half hour after the show um we're still waiting to see if i haven't had any messages come through from ryan but i believe he's probably in the cubs clubhouse right now so if he gets out and then we'll have some uh live report coming from arizona if not we're going to hit with this topic because I thought it was fun the other day. <laughs> My buddy uh, Michael Cerami over at Bleacher Nation tweeted out Our a friend. question. Mm-hmm. Friend of the program, Friend, friend of the Cerami. program, yeah, was here. Um, he was a Cubs outsider, and now he's Bleacher Nation. Now he's big time. Uh, <laughs> pluck one player from Cubs history and add him to the 23 roster, trying to get to the Cubs in the playoffs. So he put that out there, and like I said, I don't usually feel – 
I don't ever, nobody ever tweets something that gives me the itch. Very rarely do I, unless I <laughs> want to Unless you're trolling me like you did last night. Yeah, unless I want to poke fun at something. Just like, <laughs> what What was your tweet yesterday? Oh, you were like, do I know ball? Yeah. Well, I keep, and it was it, a poll. Every, everyone online keeps telling me I don't know ball. So like, right. I had, I put a poll out. Do I know ball? And apparently right now, last I checked, about 68% of the people who voted think I know ball. And then the other the rest of that, I don't math, but the rest of that is like 30%. They don't think I know ball. So I don't really know what to think of that. those results. 30% of people who follow me on Twitter don't think I know ball. Well, Why yeah, you follow me on Twitter? But I, was one of the, I was one of those 30% just to <laughs> soak the flames. I Thank was, you. I was just because we know Twitter is all about stoking the flames. And yeah. so I thought, well, what Cody needs here is a little negativity. Yeah. So I, so I replied with you. I replied the gif of from when we did the – we did the Field of Dreams. Want to have a catch? <laughs> I did that gif where I just look at you like, yeah. like what? <laughs> so, anyways, Sarami has this tweet, and for some reason it struck me. I thought I have to. His response was, well, first of all, everybody was responding with Jake Arrieta 2015. So if you're taking a season yeah. of a guy and sticking it, that's the season you want. If that's how you're doing it, you're picking – a guy's stats from a season and saying, that's the player we need in here. <laughs> so you see people in the chat already. It's, it's drawing. I, Big Rand says John Lester, just any year John Lester. Aramis. Aramis Smith. at third because they don't have a third baseman. Right. So his res- first there was Jake Arrieta, and that makes sense, right? 16-1 yeah. and one in his last 20 starts. So you, and they don't have an ace. 20, if you could take 2015 Jake Arrieta, that was – when he started the 16-1, and one, you know, that was the beginning of the stretch of the greatest pitching stretch in baseball. Short stretch, but he was so elite that it had never been done in baseball history. He was just spectacular. His ERA was below one those last 20 games. So, okay, I, I can see that. You would add him to the top of the rotation, and everybody filters down. But he doesn't pitch every day. So Michael's choice was... First, he was going to go with Arietta. Then he went Ron Santo. Mm. 1966 at third base, batting 312, 30 home runs, and an 8.5 war. Well, if you could add that next to Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner, and whoever's at first, it definitely puts the Cubs in the conversation in the division. Yeah. I, th- I think it gets the Cubs in the postseason. That. that those stats at third base, if somehow the Cubs got those numbers out of whoever they put at third base this year, mm. do I think the Cubs would have a shot at get? I think they'd be in the postseason. I don't. I still don't know if they'd be competing for the actual division, okay? Okay. Because you're talking like Arenado-type numbers. Then I looked at it, and I my so my response right away was, well, you could do that, or you could just put Sammy Sosa in the outfield in 1998 and have him hit 308 66 homers and 158 RBI. Now that's impacting your lineup. Yeah. And with there being a DH it I understand part of the part of the trick is and this is why I love what Sarami did. You have to take somebody out. He has the person has to replace someone. So I realize I'm replacing Saya who I think could have a big season, but Saya's not hitting 66 home runs and driving at 158. That's true. So the position isn't necessarily right, but the impact on the lineup of having someone like Sammy, the season he had in 98, which is one of the greatest seasons in baseball history, 
I think Sammy's 98 season in right field would push most teams into the postseason. Towards yeah. the postseason. A team that's got any potential. So, I do... I. I'm actually glad that, that you said that because I feel like everyone would assume that I would say that because everyone knows how much I love Sammy Sosa and how he is such a big part of my Cubs fandom. Mm-hmm. However, when I saw the tweet, the first thing I thought of was 2016 Chris Bryant because the Cubs yeah, need a third baseman, that, and you can uh, you can afford to lose too. you can uh, you can afford to lose Pat Wisdom, and you can move Morel around the, the the lineup or not the lineup the field, and you can you know. Miss me with the rest of them after that. Like, we're talking about World uh, World Series champion. We're talking about well, league MV- MVP. NL MVP in 2016. 292 batting average, 39 uh, tanks, 102 RBIs, and a 7.3 F4. I believe this is an F4 that you put in notion. I don't know. Maybe it's B-War. Whatever. I, I he, was, he had B-war. one of the highest wars in baseball in 2016. I believe it's B-War. So it might not be comparable to... Whatever the Santo one was, but the home mm-hmm. runs, it's more power. Yeah. Now, based off stats, like, I get it. Like, Ron Santo and Sammy Sosa, clear, far, like, bet, better numbers. Jake Arrieta, as far as pitching, like, it's hard to – I mean, his that stretch was insane, right? Um, but I, in my head, I'm also thinking, all right, well, they got to go up against teams of today. And nothing against Sammy Sosa and Ron Santo. They never went up, pitch, went up against pitching that – of today. Pitching has only gotten better as time has gone on. I know a lot of the old people will disagree with me on that, but not everyone was throwing triple digits like they are today. So give me give me 2016 MVP, NL MVP, Chris Bryant at third base. See a Pat Wisdom. I'm God. There's Ben yeah. Zobris love in the chat. See what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is people want to respond to this just like I did. Yeah. I'm like the last person that wants to respond to most stuff on Twitter. A lot of Ben Zobris love. Uh, Sarah, can you scroll up just so I can see some of the other ones? Uh, I, I've seen Andre Dawson in the outfield. Has been at like yeah. eighty-seven. Andre Dawson. I just like I I get. I can't take Andre Dawson mm. over Sammy Sosa's. I I yeah. love Andre Dawson, but I can't take him over a guy that hits sixty-six I guess, homers. I guess you can. I guess D. Lee the, at first is a good one though. I guess the way I look at it is like, well, as far as if if, if you if you could have this scenario and take someone and put them on this team. Mm-hmm. The way this team is built, the reason I didn't go with, like, Arietta or another pitcher is because I like the way the Cubs pitching staff shapes up, and I think it's going to be better than what a lot of people think. And I like the Cubs outfield. Like, I do like Say, and I do like Happ, and I do like Bellinger. Like, we'll see what happens, but I'm, you know, based off potential whatever. It, so that's why I went to the glaring hole that they have at third base. That's right. So, I get that, and that's why Michael went there. So you with, could you could go with Ron Sano too, but Santo I'm, I'm going to go with was the guy an MVP I've in that season. So I get either of those answers. That, I Chris understand Arietta World Series. That's Ari- something Ron Sano didn't do. Arietta makes sense 2015 because he was so elite. Sammy probably on paper is the greatest his uh, season in Cubs history, right? Single offensive season. But then I thought to myself, I'm not going back far enough. And I said, what about Hack Wilson? 1930, center field. So if you get Cody Bellinger to pull this off, Hack Wilson batted 356, 56 home runs, and still the record, 191 RBI. And he walked 103 times. Yeah. I would say if those numbers come out of Cody Bellinger, if Cody Bellinger drives in 191 this year, the Cubs <laughs> are winning the division. 
The Cubs are winning the division. So the answer might actually be Hack Wilson. Maybe. D. Lee is a good one. Now, how about a good season out of, well, what was D. Lee's peak season for the Cubs? There was a year where. 2005. He, so that's, he's in the running for like. He won MVP. the batting champ. He was like. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't talked about enough because Albert Pujols was, I think he won the MVP that year. Rhino's MVP season at second, mm-hmm. but then you'd have to replace Nico. Yeah. But clearly. Not, not that I'm saying Rhino, obviously, Hall of Fame MVP season, yeah. season from Rhino is an upgrade probably from what you're going to get, even from Nico at second. Yeah. Unless you could move Nico or somebody to third. Clearly, any you could take any player in Cubs history almost, not any player, but any great player from Cubs history and replace them with anyone on this roster. Maybe maybe Swanson's the only one you wouldn't just based off of the year he just had and, like, He's he's a proven winner. All the like, I don't know. Like you could you could find a I guess a different shortstop. I mean, Pete Greg Maddox. What like about maybe Javi buys his 2018 season? I don't know. But I'm just saying that nope. you could you could totally take anyone, a lot of the best players from Cubs history, and replace them with guys on this team. I again, I just went on with where's the hole at? Like I, you know. yeah, the hole at third, but yeah. there is potentially a hole at center because we don't know what we're getting. I mean, yeah. if you had Hag Wilson there. Okay, yeah. I I understand Sammy's at a position where Ernie we don't Banks. Have to, I I can't believe I forgot about Ernie Banks. You could put Ernie Banks at short. You could put Ernie Banks at yeah. first. At, for, at first too, yeah. You could so. put Ernie at first, which would also be good. No one has brought up Fergie. Yeah. What about Fergie just going like three hundred innings for you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Peak Fergie would help I, the team too. I just if it's just one season, I'm picking. I can't remember. Well, you could, you could take Kerry Wood mm. with a bunch of strikeouts every game, but I would say the most dominant Pri- game prior. I've ever seen is that Kerry Wood game. But the most dominant season for a Cubs pitcher is Arietta's string. 2003, Mark Pryor, maybe. I mean, there's got. I mean, look at the Cubs outfield in 1930. See, now Barb's going back. She's saying <laughs> I would go broke buying Hack Wilson drinks. We don't have time for that on this podcast. I'm sorry to all the older generations that don't like that I said that no one from the past could last in today's game. I agree with I'm the last I'm not the comment. only one who believes that. And so. I agree with the last comment on the <laughs> chat. I didn't see – I never saw Hack Wilson play, so I don't know how it would translate. I have trouble picking a pitcher, even though the ace would be a need, just because that person's not going to be able to impact my team mm-hmm. more than every five days or four days, depending on how old the system is. So I would go Sammy Hack or – well, Ernie at first is a good one, too. It's yeah, good. absolutely. Good. I guess if we were, like, basically we could just take all the best players at the certain position in Cubs history and replace them with anyone on this team. That's you, right. You absolutely could. Like, Rick there's, Sutcliffe, there's yeah. no one on this team that is, at this point, shown that they're a Hall of Famer or one of the all-time greats in Cubs history. Nobody brought up 22 VR. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Never <laughs> happened. No one brought up, uh, plug your ears, Brendan and Corey. No one brought up Eric Sogard. Nobody brought up Vitters. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to all those guys. We're just joking. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for watching. Until next time, full I the W.